Welcome back to another episode of Point of Insanity Game Studios, Geekery and General Podcast. I am Al, and with me again, Dawn. Hey! Um, I didn't think the we'd go as long as we did with the uh, first part of the alternate universe uh, time travel episode, but I saw we were going for about an hour, so I'm like, okay, I probably should break this into a two-parter. Now, in the last episode, uh, we talked about several types of alternate universes that we've seen in fiction. You know, the dark future, the alternate histories, uh, the mirror-type universe. Uh, There was another one which uh, we didn't get around to discussing, so I wanted to bring up here because I actually thought it was kind of interesting. Unfortunately, I can't remember any very many uh, versions I've seen of it, but this is one where there's different evolution. Now, where I saw this one, now, Dawn, when you were a kid, do you remember the after-school specials? Yes. Uh, fond, <laughs> fond memories of some of those? I don't know about fond, but there's memories of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, for those who may be too young to remember the after-school specials, uh, you know, back when in the 80s, when you got home from school, uh, usually they had uh, cartoons that started about 2, 30, 2 or 2.30 and you know, usually would go till about four thirty, five o'clock, and you know they had their usual, their usual staples like GI Joe, uh, He Man, Transformers. Those are some of the ones I remember watching. Uh, what were some? Since we have a tendency on, or well, maybe a tradition on this show of going off topic, what are some of the after-school cartoons you remember? Um, I don't because I didn't watch a lot of stuff after school. I went to parochial school, L, so uh-huh. I got home and then I did homework until it was time for dinner. So, <laughs> so. most of the time I was either there or in ballet class. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the there was another one I remember the after school special. I forgot which channel it uh, it was on, but uh, usually would be about an hour long cartoon or sometimes it was live action. But there was this one. Uh, after school special i don't remember the name of it but it was a cartoon where there was a a kid who somehow switched places with an alternate version of himself in another universe however in this alternate universe it was populated by dinosaurs because well humans never arose on that point in that universe so uh dinosaurs became the intelligent dominant form of life so it was kind of interesting because, yeah, he was trying to, he had to disguise himself, you know, his dinosaur brother and, and uh, their friends were trying to find a way to get him back to uh, his correct universe. And again, like I said, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of it, but I thought it was kind of an interesting concept. Have you ever seen anything like that in comic books, TV shows? No. Um, I mean, I've seen weird stuff, but nothing like quite like that. I'm just trying to think of anything around that era that even strikes my memory and it really doesn't because no because i i know gi joe this it's kind of a similar thing but it's not really alternate universe uh i don't know if you remember the gi joe animated movie um they introduced cobra la which right. was this this uh ancient secret civilization i believe was i think they were hidden in the himalayas where it was inhabited by reptile-like creatures. Yeah. Um, and they they actually did Cobra Commander's backstory that he was a scientist there, and he was infected by some kind of spore he was developing, 
and he was sent to live among the humans. And he, they actually showed part of his face, and he had like several eyes, so it was kind of weird. Um, I'm, as far as I know, they didn't really do that version of Cobra Commander and anything outside the cartoons, but it was kind of this, in a way, it was kind of similar where you've got this, uh, this theory or this idea that, you know, humans aren't always going to be the dominant species of the planet. And in this case, it was more like a reptilian type culture that was the, the dominant ones. There's the whole planet of the apes thing, but that's not really alternate evolution. That's more humans screwed up. Yeah, well, <laughs> well isn't it, is it uh, alternate universe? Cause like I, or did they just time travel when they came back? Because it's been a while since I've seen Planet well, of the Apes. Well, and I don't know because the, new, the newer movies, I don't really know if they're sticking with the old canon or not. It's really strange. Because I thought now they were based on like an experiment gone wrong and then the, the worlds just separate. You know what I mean? They're on the same planet, but the mm-hmm. s- societies just separated from each other and neither realized the other were still around. So when they're bumping into each other, they're like, wait, there's humans still here. Wait, these mm-hmm. like super like civilized apes are still here. It's just really strange. I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> I mean, I've seen the Charles, the, you know, the original version, the Charlton Heston version of Planet of the Apes. I've seen the new the ones Mar- are weird. Yeah. I've seen the Mark Wahl- Wahlberg version. And I think in that one, his, that one, I think actually was an alternate universe type scenario. Uh, Cause I believe his spaceship, um, got sucked into some kind of black hole or wormhole or some weird event. And, of course, they screw him over at the end because he thinks he's going back to the Earth, he knows, but it turns out that, no, it's another planet inhabited by, you know, apes. Right. But then yeah. there's this new, new one. That's what I'm talking about. That's really, I don't know what's going on. Are they remaking Planet of the Apes again? There's there's something that either just came out or just co- are coming out around Christmas or something. Yeah, I it's a sequel or something. I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah, I'm I'm usually out of touch with modern culture, so it's kind uh, of dystopian culture. So, it's but, very Mad Maxy. <laughs> you know, but again, it does have that same uh, theory where, yeah, we're we've got a universe where we humans were not dominant, we're not the big shots anymore, we're uh, second fiddle to another species, or in some cases, we don't exist. Right. Now, there was another type of alternate universe that. Uh, you brought up, which I didn't think about. So you want to handle the one, that one? Let's see. Which one are we talking about? Which one are you thinking breaking of? Are you the, thinking of my fourth, fourth wall? wall? Yep. Yeah. Well, and that's one that it's actually more common as I sit and think about it more. And I'm like, this actually happens far more. Because after, even after I mentioned it, I started thinking more and more examples. And I'm not talking like Deadpool breaking the fourth wall, because that's everybody knows Deadpool yeah. breaks the fourth wall. If you know any about Marvel Comics and Deadpool, you know he breaks fourth wall all the time. <laughs> Which tangent for a second, there's a new Deadpool comic out that anybody that loves Deadpool needs to read. <laughs> it's Deadpool versus Hawkeye, and it's amazing. There's only like one or two epi- uh, issues out. It's crazy, but it's breaking the fourth wall. And if if you don't know the fourth wall, basically it's what the it's a, it used to be a theater term. That what separates the the invisible wall that separates the actors on the stage from the audience, so that you know that so that you, the the actors are not supposed to know the audience is there, you know you're not supposed to be aware that people are watching you. You are immersed in what you're doing. That's the whole point of the fourth wall. Well, if for an example that 
pretty much everybody that's seen the movie should know Galaxy Quest. This is the one that you knew right away mm-hmm. when I mentioned yep. it. Galaxy Quest is the actors are, I think they're, it starts they're at a convention, aren't they? I think. Yes, they are. Yep, they're, they're at a convention. They, and uh, Tim Allen plays the the Captain Kirk type <laughs> character. And it was kind of funny because, yeah, at the start, he was, there were a couple of uh, fans that were like, you know, talking with him like this technical stuff was like they really took it seriously. Oh my god, that and... happens at every convention too. By the way, <laughs> I've been to con- I've been to sci-fi conventions. I know you, they you... do that. They people do that. Don't do that. People don't be that person. But <laughs> so yeah, because I know you've you mentioned uh, Dragon Con. That's a yep. convention you've been to several times. And um, yeah, I've, where they people actually seriously talk mm-hmm. about okay, the difference between these. Uh, the Enterprise in the original Star Trek series and the one in the Next Generation, uh, and you know, like again, they take it really seriously. Mm-hmm. And I believe there was a scene where he went into the bathroom and he heard a couple of people talking about uh, him, because he wasn't a stall, so of course they didn't know he was there. And they're saying like, "Oh, can you believe these people? You know, these old people still think they're hot, and you know, they still think they're cool, or they still think they're relevant." And that's when like. He goes back and someone was uh, again talking about the show like really seriously, and he's like, "It's just a show," and you know, kind of. <laughs> but yes, so Galaxy Quest. So continue with your. Uh, yeah. So they they're starting. They're at like this convention, and all these people are you know, and the, I want to say it's like a group of like a, a couple aliens or whatever pull them off to like save the planet, their planet yep. or whatever, not realizing that they're actors and not actual these these heroes. So there's that whole fourth wall break of they're like, but we, and there's no real good way to tell these people that genuinely believe that they are these you know these hero these space heroes basically um that no we're just pretending this is for you know a a movie or a tv show this is pretend um until they're ultimately going to fail them so to speak and it kind of flips but there's 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 other things that have done that a galaxy quest is just the easiest one to, to go on because it's so obvious that it's happening but the tv show supernatural has done it so many times um there's a the most popular episode that happened, I think, is like six season or something. And Balthazar throws Sam and Dean into this universe where Sam and Dean are all of a sudden the actors, Jensen Eccles and <laughs> <laughs> Jaron Paladecki. And they don't realize, they're trying to figure out why people are calling them by these other people's names. And why are they on a, a set playing themselves why are they playing why are they these other guys playing themselves why are they playing sam and dean on a show called supernatural they're confused they don't know what's happening so they are playing the actors the actors are playing characters that are playing the actors that they are playing the characters on this tv show they've done like five or six episodes in this world now and they are just it's so bizarre but awesome and funny and there was a new episode like two weeks ago, and I didn't watch it because I don't follow Supernatural. It's just impossible. The whole Demon of the Week thing gets yeah. old after a while. But where there's like this, this, these high school students, they ended up back in this universe, wrote a musical around Supernatural, Supernatural the musical. <laughs> and Sam and Dean are back in this universe as Jared and Jensen. Like, no, Sam and Dean would not do this. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? But yeah, I remember after uh, Galaxy <laughs> Quest came out, there was a, a brief snippet I read in a, an entertainment magazine where someone asked one of the actors from the original uh, Star Trek series. It, I'm pretty sure it was George Takei, 
it may have been the guy who played Scotty. I'm I don't remember offhand, but uh, you know, someone was asking him for fun. Okay, if 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 you guys were thrown into a situation like that, how do you think you would have done? And the guy's like, yeah, we'd all be dead. <laughs> yeah, if Shatner was in charge, yes. <laughs> now, of course, if uh, if Patrick Stewart was in charge, you know, then they'd be okay. I mean, because Patrick Stewart just kicks butt. And he's really nice. I got my picture taken with him this last year. I got to meet him. He was really nice. Yeah, I remember and... you. Yeah, I remember seeing that. It's like, yeah, okay. The fact that you've met Patrick Stewart and have been in close proximity to him, that makes you infinitely cooler than I will ever be. He's oh. so British, it hurts, by the way. <laughs> and Alice Cooper. You got your picture taken with Alice Cooper. I so. did. I have my Sears family photo with Alice Cooper. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'd have to say my uh, my closest brush to, with fame was uh, earlier this year when I was at Chaoticon. Um, Andrew Love. I don't mm-hmm. know if uh, if he's, he's a voice actor. He's done work on like the new Guyver series and a bunch of others, but... Um, the, he was, I guess, a guest at the, the booth next to me. And, um, you know, so we talked a little bit, uh, every now and then and got to play Chippendale's Rescue Rangers with, with Andrew Love for, uh, a little bit. Yeah. That was my, that's been my brush with fame so far, but <laughs> anyways. And then, um, there's a, uh, what other show, uh, Xena did it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it was some kind of weird thing where Xena got thrown into the future. Like I want to say 2000 plus years. Don't ask me how that happened. I haven't seen that episode in so many years at this point, but was there a demon named Aku involved? No. Oh wait, sorry, wrong series. <laughs> no, but she like ends up in they're walking around and everybody thinks that she's the actress. And it's just really, it's like, it's actually surprisingly more common. So I, the more I think about um, the whole breaking the fourth wall kind of thing. I'm like, this actually happens far more now as I think about it. And it's, it's, I don't know if it's just a little, let's have fun with what's going on to kind of, for the fans, especially in TV shows. Cause it gets monotonous when you start getting into six and seven seasons Yeah. to just kind of throw something out there, especially when you have a dedicated fan base, a really dedicated fan base. In fact, I'm sure X-Files pulled stuff like this. I don't remember. When was the last time I sat and watched an episode of The X-Files? It's not in syndication anywhere, as far as I know. So. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I, you make a very good point. I mean, if you do have a show that has been going on for multiple seasons, it can be hard to keep the ideas fresh. Like, I mean, I haven't really watched The Simpsons a lot in a while. Well, I was just going to say, how much of the stuff maybe has The Simpsons done? But Simpsons, to me, hasn't been funny in so long. I haven't watched yeah, it in the- forever. That's one of the criticisms I've heard from people is, yeah, the, the Simpson is just, Simpsons just, it's, it's gotten older where, you know, it's not as much of the intelligent humor anymore. It's more, you know, like the family guy model where they have to, uh, you know, they, they have to do the quick gags every few seconds. Otherwise the audience, you know, loses attention. But I like uh, family guy. I think it just the Simpsons mode, it so. doesn't, doesn't appeal to me anymore. I think that's yeah. what it is. So Beyond the, um, I mean, Doctor Who, I haven't really followed the series in a long time, but I mean, at one, I will give credit. I mean, from what I understand, Doctor Who, it's still very popular mm-hmm. and, you know, still very well received by fans. And I mean, that show's been around since what, like the 60s? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you think of how many, you know, like five decades uh, you know, show being able to go that long and still maintain a huge fan base, but well, and not even just shows; they have audio books and comic books and novels, and it goes on for so much. But the I, breadth I, of Doctor Who is ridiculous sometimes when oh, you yeah. really look at it. 
And yeah, and I guess one thing that kind of helps Doctor Who is the fact that every, you know, they do have the Doctor change every now and then. Um, you know, like a Tom Baker, he was the Doctor for what, like six, seven seasons, I think? Mm, I don't think it was quite that long, actually. Um... So I think he was the longest. Um, Christopher Echelon, I think he only did one season. Eccleston um, only did one season. Um, not when 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 nine came back, he only did one season. Eight barely counts because he was only for the movie mm-hmm. that nobody watched. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ten was quite a quite a number of series because the British call it series instead of seasons. Mm-hmm. And um, that was that was ten end, and then Smith did a, quite a bit. And I think. Um, Capaldi is doing really well, but I'm not real fond of the episodes they've given him this series. Yeah. So yeah, and comic books. I sometimes they do the occasional cute little thing too. Like there is an older episode, older issue from the first series of X Men. It was like, I think it was like a two parter. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called Kitty's Fairy Tale. Kitty, <gasps> Kitty Pride. Have you are, have you heard of this one or are familiar with it? No, but I'm wondering if it's the same. I've been trying to hunt down this comic series called. Uh, uh, Avengers fairy tale, and it's very similar. I've heard of the Kitty's fairy tale that you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's a similar in art style, so I'm wondering if they're related. But I can't find it, and it's like a one or two. Sh- I think it's only a four four book series. Yeah. Um, and you can't. It's like impossible to find. But I want it. I yeah. want it. Because <laughs> yeah, because because <laughs> yeah, Kitty's fairy tale. It, it's cute because the basic premise behind Kitty's fairy tale is that. Peter Rasputin, Colossus, his uh, his younger sister, Ileana, I think her name is, uh, she's having problems getting to sleep. So uh, Kitty Pride is, you know, in their room there, and they're, she's telling him a fairy tale where, you know, you've got uh, Kitty and you know, Colossus as these, you know, these do good, you know, these these good swashbuckling pirates. And as she's telling the story, the rest of the X Men are listening outside. And of course, she's bringing the other X Men into the story, and they, you know, exaggerates everything. Like, um, you know, of course, Wolverine when she comes in, you know, he comes in as a short little thing, and it's kind of funny. They switch to a panel where, you know, the X Men are listen, listening to it outside, and um, you know, Nightcrawler, of course, was kind of funny in that, and you know, Nightcrawler's like, well, she may have, uh, like, she may have slammed me, but she skewed you, Wolverine, and of course, Wolverine's like, what's the matter, Elf? Jealous. But as I said it's it's really cute if you happen to come across it somewhere and it's it's a really good read. But oh wow, we got off topic. Oh, Matt. <laughs> like I said, it's a it's a tradition on my show. We're gonna get off topic, but to get Geeks never digress ever. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, I gotta tell you about this new video game I play. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> to get kind of back on track, back into the comic series, um, back into alternate universes, uh. Marvel had a series. I don't know how long it lasted, but it was called What If. It ran a long time. It ran 77 to 98, and they're bringing it back, kind oh, of, in little spurts here and there. There was a chunk in 2006, a chunk in 08. It's like they do a little bit here and there, but the bulk of it ran 77 to 98. Yeah, because there's only two episodes I can remember off the top of my head. And the, the two I remember, they were just for some reason with the what ifs, they sometimes really ended on real downers. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> there was a story arc, like one example I remember, they had what if the Marvel superheroes lost Atlantis attacks? And the from what I remember of that story arc, 
Um, Atlantis Attacks was one of those multi-team uh, crossovers. The X-Men had a part in it, the Avengers did, uh, so on and so forth, uh, where Atlantis is being controlled by Set. And he kidnaps seven female superheroes to be his seven brides. Um, and then, of course, the Marvel superheroes manage to uh, defeat them. But uh, with that particular episode, I remember the, uh, of course, the superheroes fail. They all die. Uh, the episode ends with um, Quasar uh, ends up being sucked into some sort of alternate dimension where he has to fight set for all eternity. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the seven brides end up giving birth to seven snakes who end up you know, killing their mothers and then going off to find other universes to uh, to destroy. Uh, the another one I remember is what if Wolverine became the Lord of Vampires? And of course, in this one, you know, Wolverine becomes a vampire. He turns a bunch of other heroes into vampires. So you've got you know these superheroes that are fighting their former teammates who are now vampires. And the main hero in this one is actually Punisher. Uh, who's guided by the ghost of Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that one, uh, uh, the Punisher ends up, you know, Wolverine kills the Punisher, um, but ghost of Doctor Strange manages to convince Wolverine to uh, complete the spell that the Punisher was trying to cast, which would, you know, destroy all the vampires on the Earth. Um, that was probably one of the more lighthearted ones I remember. <laughs> <laughs> what I like, though, is the Marvel What If series pretty much expanded on whatever that particular original series was working with. Like, um, the I think one of the first ones was What If Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four. And on the cover, I remember I remember there being a picture of Spider-Man's like, we'll call it the Fantastic Five. Because <laughs> he's always been snarky since the beginning. I don't actually like Spider-Man, but it's just, I remember the cover very... Um, very uh, prevalent in my mind. And it followed just parts of normal storyline stuff. Um, in the early, late 70s, early 80s, there was a, a long Captain America storyline, and part of it ended um, where uh, Captain America was invited in his regular storyline to basically, he was asked to run for president. In his normal storyline, he turned it down because it's Captain America. You don't want that. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't want that's, that. That's very, you know. Tr- along his lines. And uh, then there was the, well, what if Captain America became president had to come out? <laughs> now, we got to remember who was actually became president around this time. But So he accepts the nomination in, this, in the book, and he wins the 1980 presidential <laughs> election. <laughs> and it's just, it's kind of, I mean, it, it was a whole interesting storyline. And I do recommend it if you can find them, pick them all up. I don't want to ruin any of these because they all have their own inherent charm because they really do they're they're some of them are downers some of them are just kind of quirky and funny because you're kind of yeah. like what um there was one it one of the last ones was what if uh iron man was a traitor hmm. was one of the last ones so talking of downers yeah <laughs> what if iron man was a traitor was one of the last ones in the in the official what if series and like i said they've been busting some new ones out but along the same lines, that 2000 Spider-Man video game, which I didn't play because I don't like Spider-Man, there's a hidden what-if mode in the game. Apparently, you can unlock it somewhere. You like go off and you do something on the side, and all of a sudden, boom, what-if mode unlock unlocked. So if you enable it, 
it'll like it unloads like a, a, um, a whole different part of the game. And then if you beat it in that, you get like all kinds of extra stuff from the Marvel verse in the game that I'm like, what is this? I didn't know there was a what if mode in the game. That's awesome. <laughs> Marvel ultimate Alliance is another good example of a game where they use the what if scenarios for the ending. Now they did have Marvel ultimate Alliance too. That one was based more on the events of the Marvel civil war. So they didn't, you know, really do that as far as I know. I've never actually beaten Marvel Alliance 2, so I don't know. But I have beaten the first Marvel Ultimate Alliance. And there's several points in the game where your actions determine the ending. Because later on in the game, you get rescued by Uatu, the Watcher. You meet up with him at the end of the game. And he, you know, explains that, you know, your actions have had ramifications that you may not have foreseen. And he goes over these points. Like, for example, early on in the, the game, you're in a shield base. And there is a room you enter. There's a bunch of brutes that are trying to destroy a computer. So naturally, your instincts are going to go go in there, beat them up. But later on at the end, you find out that that computer contained information on the legacy virus, which was a virus that killed mutants. And if you stop the brutes from destroying the computer, you find that the scientists are able to use that information to develop develop a vaccine. And they show a picture of a bunch of the, like, Cyclops and um, Colossus, I think, was in there, Nightcrawler, getting this vaccination shot, you know, and it saves a lot of lives. However, if you don't uh, stop them from destroying the computer, you know, Uatu's like, it's a shame you couldn't prevent this because... Uh, you know, that information was lost, and as a result, many mutants would die. And it showed, like, a graveyard, and there were tombstones that had different superhero names on it. So I thought that was kind of interesting, um, because, of course, Uatu was very prominent in the What If series. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, he I believe he introduced it and ended each episode where, not episode, each issue. He was, like, reading mail and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's what would happen if Wolverine became a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> and not the kind that sparkles in the sunlight. So, now I believe you said DC had their own series that was kind of like the What Ifs? It was sort of. Like, their answer to the What Ifs was their Elsewhere series, which was actually Elsewhere ended up being kind of like a. Kind of, you know how Vertigo became like an offshoot of DC? Well, Elsewhere kind of became its own um, offshoot of DC, but DC never spoke set it off like let it sell off they kept it because it was their primary characters um it's it it also it kind of moved into more of a multiverse area too at the same time it was really strange um and now because of dc doing whatever the heck they're doing they've also kind of pulled some of this into the canon of their whole 52 thing their whole like the dc 52 Mm -hmm. where there's 52 if you don't know what the dc 52 is there's it's a it's a it's a basically dc is saying well the multiverse is our canon basically we've got 52 earths and Ah. it's all canon all of it so that's why I can't follow anything DC anymore. I'm lost. And uh, anyway, but there's so much of the DC Elsewhere series. I really actually, if you want a good overview, hit up Wikipedia because the DC website's terrible. Okay. There, <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, and it's then you can of, find it's, something. It's, actually, of, oh, ahead, it's almost like insert, it's almost like inserts. It's like, um, it's what if it's like, what if Batman became a vampire? Which Batman, he's a bat, so a guy that dresses a bat, so why not? Yeah, I mean, but, he, 
usually works at night, so... They'll dump them into alternate settings, too, so you'll take Batman in a noir setting. Like, we're talking, like, like an old-school-type noir setting, and then we'll throw in that, like, weird stuff. So, it's... It, but then we also have... There's one, and I'm trying to remember the title of it. I didn't see it listed on the, the wiki, but that just means somebody didn't put it in there yet, because wiki is written by the people. But I remember it distinctly. I, yeah. This one I actually did read, and it was a series where... um when Bruce Wayne's parents died, Ma and Pa Kent adopted young Bruce Wayne. So Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne grew up together. And then because of this, they all, the Kents, moved into Wayne Manor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just weird. Weird. That's hence the term elsewhere. Like, it, yeah. it, it, So it's technically a what if. It's an alternate timeline, alternate history. But you're just like, what the heck? But now I guess it's all kind of pseudo canon at the same time. So I can't keep track of anything in DC. Yeah. I, I gave up. <laughs> yeah, in, in a way, it's, isn't it kind of bad, though, than Wikipedia, a user-edited website, does a better job at explaining something than the company that makes that particular intellectual property? Well, here's the problem I run into with trying to, and this is what I use the websites for, like, is I used to have a lot of comics. I did. And then when my ex and I broke up, like in early 2000s, and we called the divorce. We weren't married, but I still called the divorce because he got all the stuff. <laughs> is in, I went to visit my parents for the weekend. I came home and my stuff was gone. My good stuff. All my comics were gone. So he got the stuff from the divorce. And uh, so I've been slowly trying to reclaim some of my original comics that I've had, but I don't always want the trades. So I have to go to, like, say, Marvel's website and look up the actual issue numbers, see how many issues there were in this series, and if there were special insert issues. Like, was there a 6.1 in this particular series? Was there an annual? Well, Marvel is easy. Their website's boom, 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 boom. You just go and you find what you need to do and you can write all the numbers and stuff down. DC is a nightmare to navigate, especially when they did stuff like sell Vertigo out, and now they bought Vertigo back. Well, not all Vertigo, just parts of Vertigo. So, like, they bought Hellblazer back, but they're going to reboot it as Constantine. So it's like, oh, I'm so confused. I don't know what's going on. DC, stop it. So. <laughs> yeah. So the – well, let's uh, move a little bit away from the comic books because I know we've been talking about comics movies mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, let's talk about role-playing games a little bit because yes. I, I know you've uh, done role-playing. We've gamed together in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to run a game, how would you use alternate universes in a campaign? Oh, you know what I would love? And I've wanted to do this actually for so long, but I have to get people that actually want to get together and then put it together and then want to run a campaign. And that would take a lot more work than most people yeah. are. When you get to our age, and that's yeah. also terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, but we it have does. a lot of stuff. People have kids and full-time jobs, and the kids tend people that have kids have kids that have activities to go to, and getting our regular schedule together is just a nightmare. That's more of what I Tell mean when me I say about it. I you're preaching to the choir, friend. You know, we've got friends. Both of us have friends with kids, so getting yep. a regular schedule together is like when you've got, you know, you've got a kid. So we're like, okay, it's just, it's, it's, it gets to be hard. That's what I mean when I say our age. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was easier in, you know, your teens. Yes, 20s. it was. <laughs> Life was so much simpler before having a kid. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have kids, but it still was simpler. Um, but I, I love. Um, doing the whole not necessarily oh, i'm trying to think all not alternate history that's not what i'm thinking of um i time no well okay so let's say maybe an insert take my characters and throw them somewhere they wouldn't go normally 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that in like a fan fiction sort of way. Like, like what if Harry Potter was in like the Lord of the Rings universe? Because that's or like a crossover kind of thing. I don't mean that. But let's yeah. say I had like um, instead of writing like my typical like half elf bard or whatever, and doing like I would in a normal um, you know D and D type universe. What if we decided we were going to do something similar, but instead of them being you know part human, we morph that and do a World War II timeline. Yeah, stuff like that is what I would love to do, but keep it somewhat usable. I don't know. I would have to figure out how to do it, but I, that's the kind of stuff that I think you'd have to figure out how to use the D twenty system with it. I'm sure people yeah. have put that together already, though. But yeah, because the at my local hobby store. Uh, a couple years ago, I ran a Marvel superheroes campaign. Yep, I and, remember you doing that. Yep, and uh, we did alternate. We did a alternate universe thing because um, the our the main camp most of the campaign took place in the the standard Marvel universe that uh, everyone knows and loves. I believe it's like Earth six sixteen or something like that. Um, yeah, because I know that's one of the things that's kind of interesting between DC and Marvel. Uh, in Marvel, our Earth is Earth One. You know, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be very important. Whereas in Marvel, our Earth is just another Earth. But anyways, we did the Days of Future Past uh, timeline because, well, when uh, TSR had the rights to the Marvel role-playing game, uh, they created a series called Nightmares of Future Past, which took place in the con- same continuity that the Days of Future Past timeline took place in. It was a, it's a four-part series. The first part is not really an adventure. It's more background information. Uh, the second part, uh, you're supposed to rescue a prominent mutant who has been known to help other mutants escape capture. Uh, the third part, you're striking back against the Sentinels, and then the fourth one is going to you know, wrap everything all up. So what I did is I had my players, they were fighting a villain I made up called Red Scare. And the they have an ally who is a scientist who gave him a little disc, gave them a little disc and said, okay, if you attach this to his armor, it will neutralize it. What happens is when they, instead of neutralizing the armor, there was an unexpected event where it exploded and it threw the party into a future 30 years down the line where... Uh, again, their event, uh, their their battle, since it destroyed the town they were in, uh, that caused backlash against mutants and superhumans, and then it became, it well, transitioned into the Nightmares of Future Past timeline that everyone's familiar with. Mm-hmm. So again, they had to try to find a way to uh, get back to their own time. One of the players uh, was a Loki follower. She got to meet Loki. That was fun. Um, they got to, and actually as a game master, it gave me a chance to really mess with the players' heads because, uh, they found out that several of the, the, the superheroes they fought with before, like Storm and Captain mm-hmm. America had been killed and they actually had the opportunity to rescue Storm, but they didn't do it because it would have been, they figured it'd be too dangerous. So yeah, I mean, seeing that. Uh, there were also some human allies they had. One of them was the, the sheriff of the town they were in. And he was exposed as a mutie lover. So they, you know, they were trying to pass themselves off as regular people. And they were on patrol with these anti-mutant pe- um, mutant hate squad where they're, 
you know, they basically look for mutants to go kill, and they find their, you know, their old ally, um, you know, severely beaten and hanging dead from a tree with a sign around his neck that says "Muty Lover." So yeah, like I said, I was just playing with their heads, and it's kind of fun from a game master's perspective. <laughs> but yeah, they were they were very happy to get out of that part of the uh, campaign. That was for sure. <laughs> See, I like that kind of stuff where it's a little bit more meaty. I like more of the, the thinking and the role-playing part of it. Is, I mean, the combat's fun, but mm-hmm. I like doing more where you're like having to use more of your think and your, uh, yeah. your, think, your think skills. You know what I mean? Your, uh, you have your to, thinking your, skills, yeah. Your, your thinking skills, yeah. So I like that more. I like some of that stuff. It's just, I, I, I know somebody who did a World War II-type campaign. Um, they were down at a group in Madison, and it sounded so awesome i was like oh god that, I, I kind of really envied that campaign it sounded so cool yeah and if i was to do a world war ii campaign i would i would try to avoid doing just the whole okay what if the allies lost world right. war II? because like i said that's been done so many times i would try to spin it a little differently like okay maybe the the, the germans and the italians were defeated However, Japan managed to take over the U.S. So while Europe is, you know, things continue there, here in the U.S., we'd be living under, you know, Japanese rule. So right. I would do I would do something like that where, again, it's the same concept. Uh, the Allies lose world, partly lose World War II, but it's just not cliche. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing the whole, you know, what if Hitler was victorious, but it's just it's been done so many ways. It's kind of nice when you can think of something, you know, original. Or, you know, Stalin came down and swept everybody out. Swept yeah. everybody, you know. <laughs> that's that's true, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody forgets the Russians lost the most people in that war out of everybody. Because oh, yeah. Stalin could have just, you know, give the middle finger and take everybody over. So, <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, that's a good point. And, um, so yeah, as, as a game master, you know, again, certainly uh, feel free to, you know, use alternate universes on your players. Again, it, it's probably easiest in the sci-fi and superhero settings because oh, alternate yeah. universes are uh, so common in those settings. Probably a little harder for fantasy. I mean, of course, well, I, I know in, the, in D&D, you know, of I course... Say, they, I say Ravenloft was... I would well, consider true, Ravenloft yeah. a, a, an alternate universe. Yeah, it's, it was very gothic kind of a thing, so... Yeah, because it... Yeah, it is its own plane, but it... it it does operate on very different set of rules because well, yeah. there's some, you know, there's some spells that are, you know, that work differently there just because of the nature of the plane. Um, but yeah, I know D and D they've got the other planes, but they're mm-hmm. not technically, they wouldn't really be alternate universes because uh, they all exist in the same universe. It's right. just there are parts of the universe that the average person can't get to. Um, though I know the first edition manual of the planes it does have a section in, in the back where it does talk about making alternate planes where it does give you a chance to kind of adjust things. Like they have, okay, the like the magic setting, the technology factor, and there was another factor they had too, which, but it was things like, okay, at this particular level, you know, maybe only like first through third level spells are possible. You know, at this particular level, no magic is possible. Um, you know, and of course there was the technological aspect, like it takes place, thousands of years before or thousands of years after the current day. And there was like a physical aspect. That was the other one where it had like, okay, at this level, if you're going to do something like based on our world, 
Uh, you don't find bipedal humanoids that are high, taller than like, you know, six, seven feet. Um, you know, whereas one in like a D&D fantasy game, well, that's where you can have, mm-hmm. you know, the giants and ogres, things that are like, you know, nine, 10, 20 feet tall. Well, as we draw this uh, part to an end, uh, any final th- any final thoughts on your end, Dawn, or any memorable uh, alternate universes that uh, you particularly enjoyed? Oh, there's so many. I couldn't even remember. I know I mentioned a couple as we've gone through them, and I'll probably think of more as we're done later. I'll be like, yeah. oh, dang it, I didn't think of that one. And it'll come up later. It always does. <laughs> yeah, and I, again, I'd have to say, uh, again, for me, the, the, the Nightmares of Future Past campaign arc from uh, Marvel Superheroes always brings back fond memories. But definitely, if you're a game master, you know, certainly, uh, you know, feel free to use some of these things on your players. And of course, if uh wouldn't hurt to, you know, go look at, you know, look at comic books. Uh, those can be a great source of inspiration. Again, go to Netflix, uh, watch the Justice League cartoon. Um, again, season one, there was uh, Legends. Uh, the, the the last three episodes of season one, I think is called like a Savage World or the Savage Times. Season two had the Justice Lords arc, which was called A Better World. So check those out if you have time. Again, please visit my website and feel free to like me on Facebook. And of course, uh, as we mentioned last episode, uh, Dawn and Dawn's husband Scott has his uh, old guy games on YouTube. So, you know, please support his show. Check that out. So, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, have a good evening or morning or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are. And have a good day. Happy gaming.